You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football at sportingnews.com. Check out my week six picks there against the spread and straight up. I will soon have the decider column that you can check out the start sits there, getting you on an early start on the best and worst matchups. We'll get into the matchups there back-to-back on Matchup Wednesday and Matchup Thursday, looking ahead to week six, but we got to look at the week six waiver wire first. We also have to put a bow on week number five and uh, discuss that wild, wacky Colts-Ravens game. Great one for fantasy if you had the principal players in that one all around, so good uh, takeaways there that we can get into. We'll do that briefly, and then we'll dive right into the waiver wire. We'll do it this way. Look at the quarterbacks and tight ends first, then a lot of wide receivers to go down the list, including Kadarius Tony, the hot pick of the week. Then we'll break down the running backs and defenses that you should target to help your teams here in week number six. And uh, again, thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. All right, uh, Colts-Ravens game, what a wild one there. The Colts give up the big lead there, and the Ravens win in overtime. And what an ambush there for Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. If you're waiting for that game, for those two guys to connect, they exploded together in the third quarter it looked pretty bleak but the fourth quarter was all about them just the Colts defense was a shell of itself they lost a lot of players there to injury and they tried to play a shell to protect against the run eventually the Ravens figured it out kept throwing to Marquise Brown and uh, Mark Andrews so what do we learn from the Ravens they can now be a passing offense look we knew it was going to be not assumed that they're going to run the ball at the same level without J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and people were scared of Lamar Jackson just running for chunk after chunk. He still ran pretty well against the Colts, and we know that. But over uh, 400 yards passing for the first time in his career, he was locked into all of his receivers there. So Lamar, I think, turned the corner as an elite fantasy option there, that he can get it done with his legs and have that high floor, but also now has that massive ceiling. We've seen in the past, but it's always been like 250-yard games with multiple short touchdowns, but here he did it with yardage, he did it with accuracy, just methodically moved the ball down the field all over. So Lamar, it's pretty high. If you can trade him now, this is a good time to do that. It's going to get tougher as we go along the season. The Chargers match up a little bit more difficult this week, but still... Lamar feeling it. Mark Andrews, we knew he was building up to this massive Mark Andrews type game where he had multiple scores and was going to do damage, and we saw it. So Mark Andrews is a big part of what they do. They finally got him going with Marquise Brown. Now they'll add Rashad Bateman in the mix here. We'll talk a little bit more about him on the waiver wire, which will add a little bit another element to this offense, but still a lot of this offense, and if they get pass happy, he's going to funnel into Brown and Andrews, and we're going to love that here going forward. Now from the Colts side of things, they had some things working as well. 
Paris Campbell looks like a big part of what they're going to do, but definitely Carson Wentz to Michael Pittman, as we expected, is the premier combination there, quarterback and wide receiver. Carson Wentz fully healthy, looking pretty good here, distributing the ball. He also has Jonathan Taylor making big plays out of the backfield as a receiver and runner. So this Colts offense, very slow start. We know they started their own three. They're still one and four after blowing the game there, but still a lot of things to look forward to with this Colts offense. Uh, the hard part of their schedule is gone. They get the Texans this week, so... Also a waiver wire alert there for you with Wentz, and that's a good transition. He's a guy that I would go after. I mean, he's now had a good 20-point-plus performances of late when healthy, and uh, this Colts passing game is going to get T.Y. Hilton back. they got two pretty good tight ends as well, Jack Doyle and Mo Alley-Cox, to help uh, young receivers Pittman and Campbell. So, yeah, I really like where this uh, Colts offense is starting to go. The matchups are going to get better. We know uh, they got out of the Titans matchup early, but they still have a couple with the Jaguars, a couple with the Texans. So, yeah, all kinds of good stuff available, I think, in that Colts offense. Carson Wentz would be my number one target there after Monday Night Football. Taylor Heineke, people might have dropped him in that Saints matchup, but he gets the best matchup overall against the Chiefs and their banged-up defense here. There's going to be high-volume game script and all that. And uh, I know it's just Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Adam Humphreys. But there's also a guy that you can look at at tight end is going to help uh, with Logan Thomas out. So Taylor Heineke starting to feel it in the right matchups. He's a hard guy to trust, again, but he can give you some uh, running production as well. And again, there's going to be a lot of garbage time, I think, this week against the Chiefs if you're looking for a streamer that's going to be a little bit better at home than he was against the Saints there at FedEx Field. Now, Ben Roethlisberger having a little bit more relevance. I wouldn't go bang the table for him and uh, try to pick him up in a lot of leagues. But people dropped him, maybe given up. But he looked pretty good last week. The offensive line played better. The running game kind of set things up there. Maybe this will help where there's no Juju Smith-Schuster. Will he just focus on Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool? Those are his top receivers anyway, and not these short pass temps that he'll be uh, kind of Tempted to throw with Juju out of the mix here. So Juju, by the way, out for the season probably with the shoulder injury. So tough break there. Juju, free agent. He signed a one-year deal to come back. But now this offense can move forward with those two guys. We'll see if James Washington can return from his growing injury to also give them a target. And we also know Pat Freemo to tight end as well as Harris out of the backfield could have uh, bigger rookie roles in the passing game as things go on. Now, if you're really desperate, you're a Russell Wilson person here. Again, Wentz would be my top replacement in the short term for Wilson, uh, maybe Heineke if you're looking in that direction. Big Ben on the other side of the Seahawks matchup. But the Seahawks also have Geno Smith. He's got the keys to a pretty good offense here with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. He looked pretty good there. He did throw that interception, but part of it was uh, Tyler Lockett falling down on that last second drive against the Rams. But otherwise, Geno looked pretty comfortable in what Seattle's trying to accomplish with their offense with Shane Waldron here. So, again, he's going to have some opportunities. The defense still sinks for Seattle on the back end. There's going to be high passing volume for Geno Smith again. He can stumble onto good uh, fantasy football numbers just by using Metcalf and Lockett alone here for Seattle. All right, let's uh, turn over to tight end here and look at the options there. Hunter Henry, this is the last call for Hunter Henry. I've been talking about Hunter Henry a lot here, but now the evidence is there. Two straight games. He's now the key go-to guy all over the field for Mac Jones. Jonas Smith was unreliable. We could see this coming, that Henry was running the better routes. He had the more reliable hands. Jonu, they signed two tight ends to a lot of money here. Part of it is to help the running game with the blocking, but Henry, I think he's just a better player overall, and now you're seeing that come to fruition here. As a, I think Jonu is a good, a well-rounded player. You can use him in different situations, but in terms of pure tight end, in the build of the classic tight ends, where it's uh, Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or 
any of the best ones. Hunter Henry Moore has that, that classic size, a little bit of gronkosity to him as well. So uh, I knew the Patriots at some point were going to pivot to him, using him a little bit more. So this last call, if he's out there, go grab him, and you can almost start him every week at this point. Dan Arnold getting a lot of looks from the Jaguars. Pretty aggressive trade they made, uh, moving a first-round pick, C.J. Henderson at cornerback. Got Dan Arnold. They're using him a lot here. So weird, weird stuff here as the Jaguars are focusing a lot on the backs and tight ends in the past game without uh, D.J. Chark. Not seeing a lot of Marvin Jones Jr. and LaVisca Cheneau Jr. So Arnold just keep with a grain of salt, but they need a third target here without uh, Chark in the mix. They did uh, bring in Anthony Miller. That's not going to move the needle much there. But uh, Arnold definitely has some opportunities with the checkdowns and uh, all the shorter passes here from Trevor Lawrence. Now, I'm wondering why the Browns haven't used David Njoku more. He seems like he's always a forgotten guy in that offense. He's a first-round pick out of Miami. Very athletic. He can stretch the field. We saw him make that big play touchdown against the Chargers. He can run past a lot of people. they got to use him more to stretch the field and make big plays. Odell Beckham Jr. is just not getting it done with the connection with Baker Mayfield. They love throwing the tight end there. Austin Hooper, David Njoku, those guys get open for Baker Mayfield. He has a good connection with them without Jarvis Landry in there. So Njoku they got to use more, and I think they'll deploy him pretty well against the Cardinals this week. So Njoku could uh, be very valuable if you're hurting a tight end. Evan Ingram we have to look at just by default. Now that uh, Kenny Galladay is also on the shelf for the Giants with uh, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slade, they got to throw to somebody else other than uh, Kadarius Toney. And Evan Ingram looks like the guy that will step in and see a little bit more. I don't see John Ross being a big factor. So Evan Ingram has to be involved. He is a security blanket there. Probably for Mike Glennon this week, uh, so that's not that appealing against the Rams. But, again, if you're hurting a tight end, which a lot of people are, if you don't have the big number guys there early, such as uh, looking Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and Mark Andrews, essentially, especially with George Kittle on the shelf, you got to take a look at Evan Ingram. And finally, you can look at Ricky Seals-Jones. We've been down this road before with RSJ, but with uh, him... He's got to fill in for Logan Thomas. He's getting good targets from Taylor Heineke, who likes to run the tight end. Remember in that game against the Giants a few weeks ago, Ricky Seals-Jones caught a touchdown. We said, oh, he's back in the league here with Washington, but certainly has uh, some value here in this offense. Uh, they need targets. Uh, a lot of their wide receivers are hurting, so I think that's going to help uh, R.S. Jagan involved behind uh, Terry McLaurin, especially with Curtis Samuel having more growing injury issues for your Washington football team. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the Gridiron. Teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. This season, with updated site interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website, or use the mobile device it's time today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, time to continue looking at our waiver wire targets here ahead of week number six. We uh, talked a lot about the quarterbacks and tight ends, and I will turn the attention to wide receivers. They get a whole segment here, segment two here. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free available on all platforms. Okay, let's uh, look at the wide receiver targets, and uh, Kadarius Tony is the man here. He is looking really good for the Giants. He's a first-round pick. We knew he had tons of talent. I think he should have gone earlier. They kind of took him as a consolation prize for Devonta Smith going to the rival Eagles in the first round, and people were scratching their head. They got a lot of wide receiver depth. Well, now they don't have wide receiver depth because Galladay is hurt again. Shepard is hurt again. Slayton is hurt again. 
Kadarius Tony has to be the man. This dude is special. He can't be covered. He's got great speed. Some people uh, kind of compare him to the second coming of OBJ. I kind of compare him to Tyree Kill. He's that guy you can work in the middle of the field. Incredible speed. Gets open. Just very determined and a little bit of um, kind of an attitude player as well, which you like, that he wants to fight for the ball and make big plays and is very confident in himself as a rookie receiver. So, Kadarius Tony, yeah, he got into a little fight that Joe Judge didn't like, but what Joe Judge had to like is this is a special playmaker. He's going to get it done. It doesn't matter if Mike Glenn's quarterback. We saw it last week against the Cowboys. And uh, Daniel Jones is going to love him when he comes back from the concussion, maybe as early as this week, so we'll monitor that. It is a tough matchup this week. You could see a shadow situation with Jalen Ramsey, but over the long haul, I think Kadarius Tony has to be a key receiver because I could see Shepard and Slayton being out for a long time, and Galladay, who knows, hyperextension of the knee is a hard thing to come back from here as it's a new injury, and uh, Galladay seems to just pile. He's already had the hamstring of the hip this week, this season, so Tony's going to continue to have a key role. Mark Callaway, we'll see uh, Michael Thomas could return after this week's six bye for New Orleans, so Callaway's not going to help you this week with the Saints off, but yeah, certainly has a lot of appeal here in New Orleans uh, to have a bigger impact here as we go forward as the number two receiver. We haven't really seen tight end be a consistent part of it. Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, the show could still run for them. Not a guarantee Thomas returns, so Marcus Callaway, last call for him, should be owned in all leagues. Last call for Rondell Moore as well. He's getting involved in every which way for the Cardinals. They lost Max Williams for the season at tight end, uh, probably, so that's going to help diversify the targets here, get more involved. He's going to compliment Chase Edmonds and James Conner a little bit more in the running game as well, and a good target for Kyler Murray. So Rondell is going to see his role expand. they got to use him every week. He's just that special, and the matchup against the Browns is great this week. Josh Gordon, maybe the Chiefs need to unleash him a little bit more as that third target that he gives behind Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Miko Hardman not doing it, or Demarcus Robinson, time to look at that. Miko, in deeper leagues, he can kind of stash him maybe if Tyreek Hill is hurting a little bit more, but Gordon is the guy I'd rather have. We talked about that Ravens passing game lighting up with Andrews and Brown. You have Rashad Bateman, the rookie, on the corner here to come return. Maybe not this week against the Chargers, but pretty soon here and be a big factor. He's a very talented player. Amon Rice St. Brown. We saw Quintus Cephas go down for the Lions. He can really help you at uh, wide receiver. He's a good slot receiver, and we know uh, he's got a profile of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup combined. We know Jared Goff had a lot. Jared Goff had a lot of success with him, and we lo- talked about Amon Ross St. Brown a lot before the season, but they finally started using him, much like Tony in New York, where this kid can line up everywhere and make big plays. He's going to be pretty solid as a wide receiver three in deeper leagues. With Cephas on the shelf, Tyrell Williams not available. People uh, focusing on uh, T.J. Hawkinson at tight end. Hunter Renfro needs to be owned in every league. He's not a high upside guy. He's not going to dazzle you, but he's getting the key targets from Derek Carr every week. He's essentially their most reliable wide receiver, even though you got Henry Ruggs III and Brian Edwards. Those are big play threats, unreliable there, throwing downfield with the Carr connection. But after Darren Waller, Renfro, and Carr really hooking up. Same thing with Jamison Crowder. It's a buy for the Jets here, but I think he'll continue to be a key target for Zach Wilson after the buy. You have uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Rashard Higgins you can look at from the Browns. One of those guys could step up if uh, Beckham continues to fade and uh, Landry's still on the shelf here there to help the tight ends. Chris Moore in deeper leagues, you can look at him. He can't totally ignore what he did for Davis Mills there and the Texans against the Patriots, but Chris Moore, we've seen him before, flashed with the Ravens. Uh, that's the only kind of uh, feeling that you get from him. So deeper leaguers, uh, maybe take a shot on one of those Browns receivers or Chris Moore if there's nothing out there on the waiver wire. 
All right, yeah, that's a lot of wide receiver we broke down for you. But, uh, yeah, the top targets for me, uh, Kadarius Tony, Marcus Callaway, they should be owned here for the rest of the season. Rondell Moore is a rookie that I really like. And Bateman and Amon Ross St. Brown. So a lot of rookie wide receivers uh, starting to come up here and deliver. We've seen it with the top two, Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith. Not yet with Jalen Waddle. I think he'll come here with uh, Tua Tagovola maybe returning for the Dolphins. But rookie wide receiver is the story here of the waiver wire early. At running back. This episode, as we told you at the top, is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers that make the models now impossible for your local chain auto parts stores to stock all the parts you need, why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? And wait, why are the person behind the counter orders the parts on the computer, choosing only brand of the ramps up to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Check it out uh, and save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why should you spend 30 50 even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Example, you could pay $353 for a Honda Odyssey fuel pump from a chain store, or you can only pay $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find their solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see a parts Available for your car, truck, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. You can find them at rockauto.com. All right, it's time to close the show looking at the running backs. Last but not least, for sure, because we're always looking for running back help on the waiver wire. We have uh, the top guy is, uh, to me, it's a close call between Daryl Williams filling in for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and the Chiefs and Devontae Booker filling in for Saquon Barkley who has an ankle injury. So different issues popping up for these players here. So Daryl Williams is in the higher upside offense. He, they've trusted him before, whether it's with Damian Williams or other mixes here. So very experienced player. He's going to get the ball in the red zone. I think the Chiefs are going to be more focused on the running game as uh, teams continue to play two high safeties to dare them to run. Williams is more of a no-nonsense power runner. He can finish uh, drives well, but he can also catch passes. So just being in the higher upside offense, especially if uh, Giants are down everywhere else and Mike Lennon doesn't play and Williams is attached to Mahomes, that's where I'm going. And uh, and I would make him a slightly higher priority over Booker because I also think Clyde Edwards-Alaire with an MCL sprain could be out a little bit longer than what's considered to be a low ankle sprain, not one of the serious issues for Saquon Barkley. And you also have uh, some competition there where I think they're not going to really force in Jarek McKinnon, but you could see a little bit of Gary Brightwell there in New York. We look at uh, an, another situation here. Bears, we saw Damian Williams really step up. Speaking of uh, Chiefs running backs, he was a super sub at one point, we know, when uh, they had the Kareem Hunt situation. But now Khalil Herbert looked pretty good. He got more snaps, actually, than Damian Williams. They're going to trust the running game a little bit more with uh, Justin Fields, and maybe they'll run Fields a little bit more to help. But Khalil Herbert, they liked a lot to get their Tariq Cohen with the sh- on the shelf there. Bears need that second running back for a while, and Herbert certainly has some appeal there. Deeper leaguers, you can look at one of two Oklahoma backs here. Ramondre Stevenson, we'll see what his role is going to be. We'll see if Damon Harris can play through his latest injury here. They unleash the rookie a little bit more as a power back and trust him. They also have Brandon Bolden, so buyer beware there a little bit. Don't invest too much in the Patriots, but Stevenson has a lot of upside. I really liked him at Oklahoma. I also really like Samaje Pirine at Oklahoma. It looks like they're going to work him in a little bit more with Joe Mixon, who doesn't look to be 100% for the Bengals. They also get the Lions this week, so maybe an opportunity for both backs to be productive. We mentioned Brandon Bolden, not too excited to have a very deep part of the Patriots' uh, rushing attack, but with Damon Harris hurting, uh, James White on the shelf, Bolden might need a bigger role there as he's been an old reliable for the Patriots for many years. And Jerick McKinnon, you could look at a little bit if they want to involve him in the passing game. 
and I realized that maybe Darrell Williams can't do that as much as Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So something to look at there with the, the Chiefs and that backfield. Now let's turn our attention to defenses, and uh, you have the Colts are the number one pickup easily. They're playing Davis Mills, and I know Mills played really well against the Patriots, but this game's on the road. The Colts are a little bit worn down from that long game, and they're beat up there, but Mills can always make a mistake. The Colts tend to play better defense at home and have enough playmakers, such as Darius Leonard. Now uh, we look at the uh, next uh, team, the Dolphins. They're getting the Jaguars this week and uh, playing out there in London, so... Jaguars make a lot of mistakes. The Dolphins' defense has to be challenged here. They've been terrible all year. I know it's a little bit of a trap because Jaguars can run well against Miami, but Miami has too good of players to be terrible again in this particular bad uh, spot here for the Jaguars. And uh, on the other side, you can look at the Jaguars' defense. Tua Tagovailoa may return for Miami. That actually may not be a good thing for their offense. So Jacksonville played a little inspired with this uh Home game far away across this pond here and uh, could uh, have an impact. So a couple of streaming defenses on the cheap and the Dolphins and Jaguars that a lot of people may avoid. The Bengals also, you can look back and play with them as they go to the Lions. Now, be wary. Lions uh, can make you be disappointed in defense, but Jared Goff can also turn it over. The Bengals are intercepting the ball and getting good sacks with Trey Hendrickson. Also, you can look at the Packers on the road in Chicago against Justin Fields. Fields still making mistakes. The game script should be in favor of the Packers where they can tee off a little bit with their pass rush, even without Jared Alexander and Zadarius Smith in the lineup for them this week. So, a lot of good stuff on the waiver wire. Concentrate. We want to get to a lot of uh, players, and we did here. So, good run of uh, looking at quarterbacks, uh, tight ends, wide receivers, running backs, and team defenses. So, we give you a comprehensive look here on Locked On Fantasy Football all the time. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Again, we will start breaking down the games of Week 6 with Matchup Wednesday tomorrow, and Matchup Thursday follows that. We have uh, two less games, only 14 on the schedule, so we'll do 7 and 7 there, and then we'll close it all as we do at the end of the week, DFS look here with uh, DraftKings and FanDuel. So break that down as well as the injury updates you need to know and any takeaways from our Thursday night game of the week, which is Buccaneers-Eagles, which we'll break down tomorrow. Now make your second listen to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available like this show on all platforms. This wraps up another edition of Lockdown Fantasy Football. It is your Pickup Tuesday waiver wire show. Good luck in uh, making all your claims with your free agent acquisition budget and waiver wire pickups. And uh, we will see you tomorrow breaking down the games of week number six.